No. We're live. Y'all are on. And this is Balls. Balasum. Are we on the air? No? Yes? Cool. A sports podcast. <laughs> yes. Welcome to Ball Sports Podcast. It's a podcast with balls. About balls. Balls. And we are your hosts. I'm Buddha. Boy, darling. Okay, oh, it's now aka Big Facts and Full of Faith. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, we'll know. We'll know the day that. Nels comes on here with a with a bad attitude when he just says and I'm he just shuts the fuck up when he hears you. Why you had to why you had to put so much aggression behind him? Shuts the fuck up. Like why you had to say that? Oh no, that must be your that's your audio tripping. I actually whispered it. Yeah, like why you so why you so mad at me, fam? I whispered that. I didn't even say it like that. Your audio just tripping up. I can't wait till we run that bit back. I'm going to turn the audio all the way up so they can hear you. Say, Shut that's the, the fuck only, up. That's the only way you'll be able to because I was whispering. <laughs> all right. Oh, man. What episode is this? 151? 151. Oh, shit. Like, uh, what, like the gasoline we used to drink back in the day. Yeah. This is, but this is Balls 151. You feel me? Balls 151. That's what's up, man. We had 151, man. We had real, real close to three years, I know. Yeah, uh, God, I don't know what the exact date would be. One fifty-six. I, I gotta so that's, count. That's five weeks from now. Yeah, yeah. That's five weeks from now. Damn. Why are mm-hmm. we still doing this? I don't know. We're gluttons for punishment. That makes sense. All right. So speaking of gluttons of punishment, oh, what <laughs> what happened to the happened in WWE today? Or yesterday. Well, in in the wrestling world. Listen, y'all gonna leave me alone. Y'all gonna leave me alone. Oh shit. I forgot to untie his tongue. In the wrestling world. Uh, we're about to see, and we've started uh, for the first couple weeks here, the the first real singles push for Big E. Um, they've written Kofi Kingston off of television uh, for six to eight weeks with a, a storyline injury. Kofi wanted to spend some time with his family, so he asked okay. for like a little vacation. So, you know... They wrote him off like, oh, I got I'm, I got hurt. They said, you know, the doctor said it'll be six to eight weeks before I'm back or whatever. But, like, there's a whole thing with Kofi backstage talking to Big E, you know, saying this is your time, you know. And Big E's like, Oop. nah, man, like, I'm for the team. I'm for the new day. He, he's like, you can do both, bro. He's like, I've had my time. It's your time now. Don't pass up an opportunity to where you can get to where I wanted to be before. In a shorter time than it took me. Right. Being like, yo, like, don't make it to where you're in this shit for 20 years before you finally get a world title opportunity. Like, now, you have the chance to do it now. Right. And, like, kind of being like, let's go. And Biggie's been having singles matches. He's been winning dominantly. He's incorporated a uh, a submission finisher into Ooh. his moveset. Yeah, it's called the the muffler stretch, where like he gets the guy's leg around his uh, his neck, and he like kind of just lifts him and holds him to where. Oh, I've seen that like, somebody before. Held off the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I've it looks seen, painful. Forgot, whether it is or who, not, who was that? I think Eddie does. Oh, Eddie used to do that. Possibly, that looks like something that Eddie would do. Yeah, Eddie did that to Eddie used to do that. Yeah, he used to, he did that to uh, Ray Mysterio during their feud. Nice. Yeah. So he's like tapped. He's tapped. He's tapped a couple people out with it. So, I mean, I hope you know he gets that opportunity because on SmackDown right now, there's really not too many guys at the top, 
you know, you have The Fiend and you have Braun Strowman. And then who else is really there? Otis, because he has money in the bank technically. But like... Tough. Because AJ, AJ Styles is, is Intercontinental Champion. So right. he's his, doing his own thing. So you don't got to worry about him right now. So they don't, they don't have that guy. And Big E can be that guy. He's charismatic, good on the mic, good in the ring. Um, you know, super athletic for a guy his size. Like, that's, that's who you want. Right. I mean, I think at the end of the day, bro, like, Big E has a lot going on for him. Um, off the ring, more so than on the ring. I think he's one of the few guys, and, and every, every era has that, right? Where you have your strong guys, but you have the one champion who's kind of like, not quote-unquote for the people, because I, I don't want to use that phrase. I'm going to say more with the people, right? Like, he can go out and he'll create, you know, a buzz. He's cool with the fans. You know what I mean? His social media is out there. And, I mean, honestly, Big E did something for one of our friends uh, for his birthday. Yeah. And, uh, and you reached out to him on what? Twitter? Mm-hmm. You, you see what I'm saying? So, like, I think, like, having a guy like that eventually have the belt around his waist, it's pretty, it's a good business move. You know what I'm saying? And he he has a he has a lot of love not just from older fans, but the young fans love him too. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So so he has good overall and, just positive vibes. And, and I also want to say the the New Day podcast that they have is very good. Um, like I definitely recommend it because like they they talk about wrestling, but they talk about video games and pop culture stuff, like all kinds of. All he's kinds got a lot. Stuff. He's got a lot going so, on, and I think and I think Kofi. Yeah winning it and Kofi being able to hold it as long as he did successfully because Kofi's run could have in my opinion it could have been longer but I still thought it was perfect because again he he was able to still do New Day things he was able to carry the belt pretty strongly if you ask me mm. I, I didn't look like he was a weak champ at all no, obviously yeah. he, he obviously he was a transitioning champ but for what it's worth I, I thought he was pretty freaking quality you know what I'm saying so I think I think it opens the doors it would be awesome because it's another black champion which honestly matters yeah. to me um um and not only that like you know it's it's a black champion that that actually has charisma no offense to Kofi Kingston Kofi Kingston is definitely great with the people but I don't think he has big E type charisma I think Big E has oh for a sure a lot of charisma um, I would so, say honestly as far as like charisma and personalities go I would say Kofi's probably third out of the guys in the new day I I actually agree 100% with that to be honest with you yeah 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 so in, in sure. that regard, yeah, Big E is tops for me, and then you got Xavier Woods, who's incredible, um, as far as like, and he's super underrated in the ring too. His in ring work is very good. I just um, think, I just think he's a smaller guy. That's why I always thought yeah. that he didn't really get what he should be getting. I never thought he was a bad wrestler. It's just he's small, and and honestly, I think it's more of a testament to him because how many small wrestlers do you see really succeeding like that? You know what I mean? At the end of the day, if you're a tag champ, you're still a champ. You know what I mean? And, and to be yeah. honest with you, it was really New Day and the Usos really carrying the, the tag division for a really long time. I think, actually, you and I used to joke about that, that I think in the beginning, when New Day was really on the come up, it was like for seven or eight months, we knew the tag team pay-per-view, we were going to see Usos against New Day. <laughs> so to be, able, to be able to see the same two, right? And, and honestly... We saw more Big E and Xavier, or we would see yeah. Kofi and Xavier. Every once in a while, there would be a sprinkling of Kofi and Big E, but we always saw one of them with Xavier. So so match in, match out, you knew Xavier was wrestling. So again, he, he's super underrated. He doesn't get the credit he yeah. deserves because he's, he's a consummate professional. And beyond that, you know, he, he, he recorded her porno. So like you know, <laughs> you know he's he's just an all around performer, you know, and he did it with Paige, which is which is fire. You oh, can't you can't man. really you know you can't really lose with that. It's great great accolades. God yeah. Oh fuck. <laughs> but no, but hopefully you know this. I I hope this means a big things for Biggie. I hope this is actually his time because he does deserve it, and you know we'll be pulling Agreed. for him. We all fuck with Agreed. Him. Agreed. I'm with him and Keith Lee. Word. Um, so, this past Monday on Monday Night Raw, they introduced a new part of the program. 
called Raw Underground. Where Raw Underground. Yeah. It's I think it's only gonna be for like that last hour where it sounds like it Fight kind Club. Of, it is basically Fight Club. It basically weaves in and out of what's going on on Monday Night Raw and then they'll cut to Raw Underground for a segment. And it's basically it's like blood sport type stuff. Like it's they're in a ring, but there's no ropes, there's no ring posts, so it's ba- it's just the mat, and and uh, just a bare knuckle fight, you know. Like you're seeing a lot of kayfabe hits and elbows and stuff, and like it looks like an MMA sparring type situation, and. Like these fights are ending in knockouts and oh, you know, being knocked out of the the ring and stuff and that kind of shit. And shit, crazy. Yeah, I I don't know how I feel about it. It sounds like a human version of Super Smash Brothers Melee. I didn't play the game, so I cannot confirm that. You never played Super Um, Smash Brothers? No, no. Super Smash Bros. Melee? I don't know what that is. What's the difference it's, between it's, regular Smash Brothers and Billy? I think, well, Melee is for the newer gen consoles, but it's still essentially the same concept. Oh. Oh, then I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a human Super Smash Bros. Yeah. So it's... It doesn't sound appealing at all. I do not want to watch it. Not even going to lie to you. It's weird, bro. Like, it's just... You got Shane McMahon who's, like, running it. So and, and and you know like he's a spaz so he's like running all around going huh oh yeah oh this guy here and it's like ooh okay and like the guys that are fighting like some of them are like NXT developmental guys that haven't really gotten TV time right. and then they'll throw in like somebody from like the Viking Raiders went in there and was you know fighting and stuff so like they'll kind of blend a little is, bit is the fighting good is the fighting good at all it's cool, but like, I don't know because I know it's wrestling. Like, I kind of yeah. It's one of those you definitely have to suspend your disbelief in that regard and kind of just be like, all right, I'm just gonna take it for what it is as entertainment and not really get too serious about it. Right. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, it's, it's cool. It's, at least they're trying. Yeah, at least they're trying different stuff. So I can't fault them. Yeah, that's true. So if it, if it fizzles out in a few weeks, then they'll know, you know, maybe ratings were going down for that part of Raw or whatever. But, um, but yeah, so there's that. And then I did want to mention that, oh, the situation on NXT, uh, I should, I, I sent you, I sent you guys the clip of the Pat McAfee show. Uh, no, I, Adam I Cole was on there, and Adam Cole and Pat McAfee got into it. No, I didn't. I didn't. I, I you might have sent it, but I didn't see it yet. I put it in the wrestling chat. That's what. That's okay, what okay, okay. That's what it is. Um, so basically, you know, Pat McAfee has his show, his sports talk show, and stuff, and he has people on there all the time, and he's he's always high on the show, and he kind of just talks shit. That's just his his shtick, and he's garnered a lot of popularity. Pat McAfee, for those who don't know, uh, formerly a punter in the NFL. Um, made the all-decade team at the position. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. And he now does this radio show, and he sometimes will do some commentary for NXT uh, takeover events, their pay-per-views and stuff like that. So he does he does work kind of with NXT. So he has a show, and he has Adam Cole on. And he's making jabs at Adam Cole, and he basically says, you know. Yeah, you were the longest reigning champion, but I mean, you didn't do it yourself. You had undisputed era there the whole time and stuff like that. And Adam Cole started getting offended, and Pat's like egging on. He's like, "Oh, well, listen, come on, you are a smaller guy, so I can understand. It's a smart business move. Have have other people help you and stuff like that." And then like Adam Cole freaks out, breaks the mic, stands up, going, "Fuck you, Pat." Fuck you. I came out here to do your stupid show, take away from uh, spending time with my family. Fuck you. And Pat's like, well, fuck you, man. And one of the uh, other radio guys grabs him. He shoves him and everything like that. And like that was kind of the end of that. And then all of a sudden, a couple days later, Adam Cole apologizes on Twitter. But 
all of this stuff was storyline. This wasn't a real thing. It was all scripted on WWE's part. And I like the fact that what they're doing is blending what's, you know, fake and what's reality. Well, not fake, but kayfabe, you know. And they're, they're blurring those lines. And people, you know, on the internet who maybe aren't wrestling fans, but are sports fans, they listen to that show. They're like, oh, shit, what, what's that about? Right. And now they're maybe tuning in. <clears throat> they're gaining interest. So even though we know it's not real... It's bringing in viewers and stuff, so it's it's smart to to kind of blend those worlds and then like right, it's this, a good it's a good look. Yeah, and then even this past uh, week on NXT, um, Pat McAfee came to the show. Adam Cole apologized, and like in the main event, Undisputed Era, we're trying to get the tag titles back, and Pat McAfee's on commentary and he's basically still talking shit to, about Adam Cole, and Adam Cole's within earshot. And he starts getting in a verbal argument with Pat. They're going back and forth, which distracts the Undisputed Era. They end up losing the tag, or not being able to recapture their tag titles. Mm-hmm. So they, he cost them that. And then it ended with Pat McAfee punting Adam Cole in the head and knocking him out cold and taking off. Like That's so- lit. Yeah, so I don't know what's about to happen <laughs> as far as that goes. Pat's about but, to wrestle y'all, buzz is about to be dumb right. Who knows? Man. About to get in the Who ring, knows? Pat versus Adam that. Cole, baby. Baby, Adam Cole beat his ass. But what if he doesn't? And <laughs> Pat get on, and Pat starts going for the <laughs> NXT Championship, baby. Okay, nah, that's too much. I, nah, I don't that's want all lit, that, bro. Hey, WWE creative, you put me on, cause what's good. I do not want all of that. Sign Pat McAfee can eat sleep. Why she gonna meet Pat yeah, McAfee that's all I got. At, the a- at AEW? <laughs> Alright. For sure. So, that's WWE, ain't it? Yep. Alright, back that up. So, you know, I just wanted to quickly transition over to the NFL, and I wanted to have a very interesting conversation with you guys. Um, so, there was an interview with Amari Cooper, and... Before I even get into the to the statistics and stuff with you, and I feel like Dylan will want to jump into this this part of the conversation just because I mean this is more on his side of 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 the field with receivers and I mean there's the occasional tight end, but this doesn't really concern the tight ends. So this is why this is very interesting. Amari Cooper is predicting that this Dallas Cowboys team could have three thousand yard receivers. Between him, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb. Your views, please, before I continue. Um, I won't say it's impossible. Okay. I, I, I think that's happened fairly recently. Um, uh, I, I'll tell you more. I just want to hear what you guys got to say. Go ahead. Yeah, Michael Gallup is not getting a thousand yards no disrespect to michael gallup you feel me he's just i understand you got confidence in your team and all but you know you're still the dallas cowboys which is a power run team um with one of the best running backs in the league and ezekiel elliott back there so i feel like you guys aren't going to be throwing the ball in the crazy fashion to where all three of you guys are going to get a thousand yards but i could see you getting a thousand yard maybe you feel me um, it's a lot of pressure to put on CD to get a thousand yards, especially with, you know, you know how hype does to people, and you're on a right, team and it's a, a lot of first, hype. It's his first season, right? Yeah, you're on a, exactly. It's his first season. You're on a team with a, that gets a lot of hype. You're not you're not doing yourself self justice by just adding to that hype right now, especially now you're adding hype to that because now that got to get y'all three a thousand yards, so. I don't know. It's going to be rough, man. So here's here's the reason why I said it. So here's what's interesting. So when we're talking about 3,000, three receivers of 1,000 yards, like three pass catchers, it's happened a few times. It's happened five times in the league. Yeah. Peyton Manning was the quarterback. <laughs> right. Most with, of with one of them. But here's the thing. The only time it's happened with all receivers 
It's only it's been three times. All mm-hmm. receivers. Right? Um, because the first time it happened was nineteen eighty with the San Diego Chargers, the superchargers. Um that was Kellen Winslow, John Jefferson, and Charlie Joyner, but that was a tight end. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, in 1989, you have three receivers for the first time. That's Washington. In 95, you have Atlanta, where they had Eric Metcalf, Terrence Mathis, and Bert Emanuel, but Eric Metcalf played some running back. So then you have Indianapolis, which was uh, Harrison, Wayne, Stokely. And I mean, Stokely barely makes the cut. He's at 1,077. And then, of course, we remember Arizona, where they had Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, and Steve Breston. But Steve Breston had 1,006 yards receiving, right? With Washington, my bad, I didn't even say the names. That was the fun bunch. Art Monk, Ricky Sanders, Gary Clark. They ended up winning the Super Bowl that year, I believe. Um, so, you know, when you're talking about other teams that had that, they they, they had, like, tight ends, right? And even then still... The Broncos the didn't team, do it? No, the Broncos came pretty close. But no, they did not. They did not have 3,000 yard receivers. I think that uh, they had, that was when they had uh, Wes Welker over there, right? Um, who else was their guy? Was That was in, uh, that was in Thomas, was it? Yeah, Demarius Thomas yeah. And, and, and Emmanuel Sanders was over there too. Yeah, so they had, they remember Welker and um, Thomas, Julius Thomas, they kind of split those catches. Right. So if you put them together, it made a thousand. But but Welker and Thomas didn't go over a thousand. They didn't go over a thousand. Now you've had teams that have had two receivers, with well you've had trios where they've had over nine hundred yards, but not over a thousand. So for example, I didn't even know this. You know the Chargers last year had three receivers with over um, nine hundred yards because Eckler had nine hundred ninety three yards receiving. But again, he's not a wide receiver. And then New England did it in 2014 with Edelman, Gronk, and Brandon LaFell. But Gronk is the tight end. See what I'm saying? Dallas did it, with, but they had Witten, Bryant, and Miles and Austin. But Witten is a tight end. You see mm-hmm. where, I'm, where I'm trying to go with this, right? You had New Orleans. It was Jimmy Graham, Marcus Colston, and Lance Moore. But Jimmy Graham is a tight end. New England did it again with Hernandez... Gronk and Wes Welker, which is crazy. These numbers is crazy. I didn't even know it was like that. Welker had 1,500 plus yards. Gronk had 1,300 plus yards. And Aaron Hernandez had 910 yards. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's two tight ends <laughs> and a receiver. So when you're talking about, this is where I'm looking at it. You have three receivers and two of the receivers kind of do the same thing, right? I feel like Gallup and CD are going to end up doing the same thing. I think it's going to be tough. Right, because Gallup you know is the speed. Right, and CD's going to be just speed. So that kind of puts, you, you're going to see uh, um, freaking Amari Cooper get a lot more targets because since his time in Oakland, we always knew that although Amari has speed, he's really used for possession. Yeah, He's a guy, yeah, that, yeah. Can get, he's a guy that can get to a window quickly, catch the ball, and, and make something his, happen. He might be, he's probably top three route runners in, yeah, in, in, right. as far as in the NFL goes. So he's going to get a lot of the targets. And remember, he's got a really good relationship with Dak. So, and then you still have Witten that's there. And, and watching him last year, no, he's not. might be... Witten's not there. Witten's gone, right? My bad. He's so a who's, Raider. Who's, the, who's their tight end now? Nope. No idea. I feel like... Okay, just said, I gotta, nope. I got to look that up. I know their backup, their backup was, was decent, too. I don't want to say the wrong name, but I know he's decent. Is it Jarwin? I, think, I feel like... Is it... I don't Jarwin or something like that, or is that watch a you be, team? Watch you be right. <laughs> watch no, you be right. He might so, be at Jacksonville. So you know that that whole thing is so. All right. So if you guys were to predict numbers right now, just receiving yards, no touchdowns, just receiving yards. What is your prediction? Blake Jarwin, you're absolutely right, bro. Look at you. I, was, I got it. Yeah, bitch. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's lit. I see you. His what? mediocre ass. <laughs> okay, so maybe. Maybe that that might put put down the numbers a little bit, but what is your final predictions as far as C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and uh, Amari Cooper? Um, I think Cooper gonna get nine hundred yards on a stupid ass. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. I think 
I think Gallup going to get 1,100 yards. Okay. I think Lamb going to get 850 yards. Okay, 900, 850, and 1,100. All right, Dylan, what about you? Uh, Mari going to get 1050. Okay. CD going to get 875. Okay. And then Gallup finna get... I should have Nine seventy eight. Okay, so you said Cooper gonna get ten fifty. Mm-hmm. And then Lamb is gonna get eight seventy five. Mm-hmm. And would you say for Gallup? Nine seventy eight. Okay, Buddha. Would you say for Cooper? You said Cooper gonna get a cool nine. Yeah. Let I, I didn't, I didn't get, get too specific. I got eleven hundred for, <laughs> <laughs> for for Gallup, and then uh, Lamb. I I said uh, what I say like that's said eight hundred or eight fifty. I think like eight fifty. Yeah. We can run it back, but I'm pretty sure you said eight fifty. All right, so here's I agree with the both of y'all. Here's another reason why I think Lamb won't get over a thousand is because they've already said that they're gonna use Lamb's speed for end arounds. So some of his touches are going to be runs. So maybe a 1,000 all-purpose yards, but it won't be receiving yards. So I'm going to say, I think Cooper I think Cooper and Gallup both going to get a cool 1,000, right? I, I'm going to put Cooper at, yeah, I, see he's gonna, I think he's going to see more targets. So I put Cooper at 1,250. I'm going to put Gallup at a cool, like, 1,050 to the 1,075 ratio. And I think Lamb's going to have a good year. I, I think he's going to get around 875 too. I can see him in the 850 to 875 range. He'll get close to 1,000, but what will hurt him from getting that 1,000 is definitely those runs. Mm-hmm. But in that same context, too, I'll be real with y'all. I can see Gallup going down as low as 850 his goddamn self because we forget that Ezekiel Elliott is one of the best pass-catching running backs in the league. So I don't see, unless Dak is going to throw for 5,400 yards. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and because at the end of the day, Zeke's going to get you a cool thousand rushing. He's yeah, going to. to. And once he gets Where in, is and, all and, these and at the end of the day, the, that means you're about to be the best the offense day, in football. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why I, I also like Zeke really hurting those numbers. Zeke is a streaky running back. And I think streaky running backs are the best ones to have, even more than consistent running backs. Because people are like, oh, consistency is cool. I don't think consistency is cool with the running game, right? And what I mean by that is, if I have a running back that I know is going to give me five yards, five yards, six yards, eight yards, nine yards, whatever, like a Derrick Henry, that's cool. That's cool. I, I mean, that whatever. I give you 22 carries, whatever. But you already know when Zeke has that first run, that's eight yards, then he gets that second run, that's 10 yards. Then he, he gets, gets that the third one. That's, that's 25 yards. yards. You're like, okay, we're here. I'm going to keep giving you the ball until that first play where you get like three yards. I'm like, all right, all right, all right, all right, come back. <laughs> come back, come back, come back, come back, come back. Oh, I'll put the backup oh, 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 in. Oh, oh. We'll start spreading the ball out. If I have that running back, bro, that I know it's like eight yards, 20 yards, eight yards, two yards, I'm like, hey, listen, that's dangerous because, you know, when I put his ass back out on that field, you're scared for the 20-yard run. Mm-hmm. See, when you have a Derrick Henry, you know, oh, Derrick Henry going to give us this much, this much, this much. We really got a game plan for that. We'll just stop everything else. Because Derrick Henry can't win you the ball game flat out like that. He has in a couple of circumstances, but for a full season, he can't do it. Which is why Tannehill playing so well, as he did towards the end of the year, really mattered. But when you have a streaky running back, bro, like a Saquon, who like, all right, yeah, he might give you a couple of two-yard, three-yard pops, but if he gets that first eight-yard run, then he follows it up with another 10-yard run. Oh, everybody knows who's getting the ball. Now, the fun of the game is, is you're going to stop him. Because you're probably mm-hmm. not going to stop him. Because he's on now. It's on and popping. You see what I'm saying? And I think Zeke and Saquon, and I'm going to put, believe it or not, I'm going to put Nick Chubb in that category. I think Chubb is there too. These running backs that, if they get a couple of good runs, Fournette too, it's, it's a problem. Oh, yeah, if you get the legs going in the middle of that game, boy, it's done. 
you know the next touch that he's getting, he's breaking out. You can tell when they're about to break out. Don't let them get comfortable and see the game, see everything slowly. Oh, it's a wrap. I'm done. It's a wrap. So that's why I'm like, yo, like, I don't know why. It's not necessarily that Amari is shitting on Zeke. I don't think so. But I'm going to be honest with you. As a head coach, if Zeke gets hot, I'm going to let these receivers know, hey, I'm going to need y'all to block a little bit because this boy on. Right. I'm just being honest. I just I don't see it happening. I do not see. I can I can't even see only Amari or maybe only Gallup getting a thousand. I don't know about the other ones because you know, freaking Zeke is a two thousand all-purpose yardage machine. Yeah. And he don't get hurt. And every time he touches the ball, it's positive yardage. I can count on my hand how many times I've seen. Him run for a loss in the games that I've watched. That boys ain't even gonna have time to get a, all y'all yards. Zeke gonna run one for seventy. You gonna have to go sit nice. down. Sit your stupid ass down because he just got y'all a touchdown. Because he just scored. Sit down. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of <laughs> sitting down, um, Antonio Brown is officially suspended by the NFL for eight games. So his ass gonna be taking a seat for for about half the season. Now, there's something mm. interesting about this. He's suspended They're on the day off. They're saying that he got suspended because there are actually teams making that. serious inquiries that are going to pick him up after the eight games. They said mm-hmm. last year they didn't really know what the situation with Brown was going to be, so they waited it out. But apparently there was already feelers out there in the office saying, oh, he's going to get eight games. So teams are seriously like, all right, cool. And I guess the retirement thing might have played a part too. But he's been in communication with the league Teams have been in communication with the league to find out, like, look, like, Antonio, because I'll be real with you, Antonio Brown's still a top 20 NFL player. I'm not even going to say just receiver. I still think he's a top 20 player, even with the year off. And I think, honestly, yeah, year off might I think, I think with this time off, it might have been best for him because he's still in his prime years. So, for y'all, do you guys see him getting picked up? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, in today's NFL, 100%. Yeah, you got to. These owners will do anything to try to get that win. They don't give a fuck. This <laughs> is true. They know so how give important, me, give me, you know how important so, it will be eight games into the year? Absolutely, yeah. because now you're now it's a playoff run. So how about this? Off the top of your head, give me a top three to five where you think he's going to go. Just off top, not even thinking about it. Just give me three to five teams that you can see him really... Helping out with Buddha go first. New England. Well, I have to think about Baltimore. it. Baltimore. <laughs> okay, well, Dylan's already going, so go ahead, Dylan. Say it again. New England, Baltimore. Um, New England, Baltimore. Tampa. Tampa. Ah, here go to Tampa. There's too many goods. Exactly. So, all right, I got you. Just I got crazy. you guys. So, so, here's my five for you guys. I've got. I've got Pittsburgh. I think I feel like he could mend those bridges and go back to Pittsburgh because they need him. Juju need him. <laughs> I can see him going back to Pittsburgh. I got Pittsburgh. I've got San Francisco. I've got Chicago. I've got Carolina. And I've got Minnesota. Those are my five. Off top. Not even thinking about it. This is three, Bill. <laughs> no, I said three to five. Three to five. Look uh, right at that. I said three to five. Um Alright, so I had to think for a second and it's got to be teams that are going to be making that late season push that, that right. need that extra help. So right. I'm thinking Tennessee. Very nice. I like Tennessee. I'm thinking the Rams. Mm, I didn't think about the Rams. Yeah, for sure. And he'd like to be in LA. And then I agree I could see Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm telling you, I can see him going back to being a Steeler, bro. Yeah. Big Ben is healthy again. You know what I'm saying? Juju's still so over there. What you mean? You don't know if he's healthy. You ain't seen that boy play no football yet. I mean, we don't know if he's going to be... We don't know how his throwing is going to be, but we do know that he's... About to as get far on as the his field. body being healed, it's like the best shape he's been in in a, in a while. I'll say that much. You're right, though. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. We'll find out. We'll find out. Show me, big body. I got to see his weight. <laughs> Speaking oh of getting God. back, it's, on the it's field. been it's been quarantine. Everybody been gaining weight. So if Big That's Ben then gained weight, if he looking like Jamarcus Russell, oh boy, is oh. Uh, but uh, speaking of getting back on the field, 
training camps are officially getting started around the NFL. Um, so yeah, things yeah. are moving along. <clears throat> looks as though the NFL will be happening. Uh, the Raiders have announced that they will play this season with no fans, period. Um, Mark Davis was on the stance that it was either going to be all fans or no fans. And uh, he decided on no fans because he didn't want to have to determine you can come, you can't come. So, Well, it's going to end up being no fans for everybody because Major League Baseball is dropping the ball without any fans. So if the NFL is going to do what, what Major League Baseball is doing, because Major League Baseball is traveling. So I'm pretty sure the NFL ain't going to go to the wide world of sports, buy out little pieces of the complex and put them in hotels. They're probably going to be traveling too. Yeah. You're seeing how tough it is with no fans. So now when you're getting fans in the stands, who how are you going to prove their tests? How are you going to prove that they don't have it at this point in time? I think at the end of the day, if you're going to have sports this year, there will be no fans, period. It's just, that's just what it is. It's a smart move on, on Mark Davis's half because you know, he does have pretty good relationships with other owners so maybe that'll start the snowball effect. That's what's going to need to happen, and it might actually help the players feel a little better right? moving forward. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Because yeah, he said, yeah, he said he, he got input from the, the coaches, the players, and they, he, they thought about everybody in that sense. Like, you know, what listen, bro, the, listen, the players, the players don't want to play, guys. The players, they, they do want that check, though. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And, and right. what it is is, like, people are looking at the NBA and they're thinking of the NBA model and they're like, oh, like, the NBA is so successful. I mean, the NBA puts the players first. Right. They might be complaining about that bubble, but the only reason why they're complaining about the bubble is because of their standard of living. But outside mm-hmm. of that, for the most part, they've enjoyed the process of the bubble because you realize, look, man, like, times are different right now, but we still want to play. We still want to finish the season. We still want to champion you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, into like bubble situation, you haven't looked into nothing. Yeah, like, and the thing is, you, we're talking about competitive athletes. They get paid to compete. I'm be real with you, bro. I want a champion every year. I don't want to be there and be one of the players during a year that something doesn't happen. Every year, I need a champ. I don't care if we shorten the games, make the games longer, change up the schedule. I don't care. Every year, I need a champion. And I think with Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball, would they're cool to play, but I don't think they're really feeling how it's going. And I mean, naturally, you can tell that these guys ain't really necessarily... There's no way they're respecting that protocol, bro. Like, for the Miami Marlins to have 13, 14 players test positive, they played the Cardinals and then turn around, and the Cardinals got 13, 14 players that, that pass positive. Here's what blows my mind more than anything when we're talking about baseball, basketball. I hope that people who pay attention to sports realizes that the NBA has zero tests, right? Zero positives. They they just released the 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 tweet maybe like two days ago that they that they've gone three weeks, four weeks now one test positive. Even freaking Lou Will went out, got his wings, came back. He's good to go. Now, Major League Baseball has probably the most space in between players. You're dirty outside of golf. Yeah, boys, it's dirty. And That's your problem. You're dirty. Whereas with basketball, you're running into people, you're in the post, you're 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 boxing people out for rebounds. Clean you're around these players, sweating, sandwich. zipping, coughing, running, and they got zero tests. Just that came back positive. They're chewing that tobacco, spitting it out onto each other and shit. <laughs> Dirty, but bro. that that's just that's just what it is, bro. Like you know, and I Let think me, letting each other borrow each NFL, other's mittens. The NFL being the last of the major four leagues to start up, it's gonna be an embarrassment. Wait, you know, if all if they have any players that test now. positive, there's you're the last one. They ain't and you're that. months, but, but you're months behind worse, everybody. And, and yeah, and what makes it even worse is the fact that like y'all waited. Way too late to even start thinking of how to organize things. Right, I agree. Because they just like, own, they just thinking about bread. Them old ass yeah. white dudes in there just like, oh, well, God, how are we gonna Ridiculous. get that? Ridiculous. How are we gonna and, get and, our and, shit? And even college football, which is a bigger entity, you have leagues that are stopped playing football altogether. 
But the big five, the power five conferences, they've already got their schedules set. Right, and they ACC probably just set up their schedule they gonna, yesterday. They already know how they're going to be social distancing with their team. They already know how they're going to be playing. They done. And it, it, and it was even to the point where they told the independent schools, like Notre Dame, they told Notre Dame straight up, like, hey, either you're playing with the league or you're not playing at all. You're not, you're not doing this traveling shit. Like, that's not <laughs> how. Like, you know, that, that independent where you play, you play... You play USC one game and then you go across the country and you play yeah, freaking Boston College and you come back and you play motherfucking uh, Michigan and Michigan State and you play all these local regional schools. That ain't happening. Pick a conference, play the conference schedule, and we'll talk next year. So they decided to jump into ACC. So they have a full ACC schedule, even though they're not in the so ACC. Just, so, so, they, so, college, so NCAA is only going to play uh, conference games this year? Just conference games. That's nice. it. Beautiful. And then they'll still they'll still be able to utilize that to create like their four, their five, and then they'll still have a college football playoff because by then I'm pretty sure that the 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 virus will have subsided a little bit. And if push comes to shove, the playoffs is so far away. These bowl games are so far away. You can quarantine these players off, give it two weeks, test them, and then go play football. So college football's got it together. You know what I'm saying? So NFL needs to make sure they follow suit. Right, you don't or even have to have the some weeks. serious issues. You don't even have to have a game every week. You can have exactly. a two-week gap between games if you're just doing conference play. You know exactly. So exactly. if a guy test is positive after a day or two after a game, it's all right, no problem. We ain't playing in two weeks anyways. <laughs> exactly. So I want to transition to this real quick before going to the NBA. I just wanted to just throw something at y'all, something I heard, and even something I looked into, and I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. So. Talking about the Cam to to the Patriots deal, right? So I was hearing a theory that Bill Belichick has this I scratch your back, you scratch my back deal. And the reason why he gave Cam this one-year incentive-laden short contract is because Belichick is looking at it and is like, you know what, this year, I don't think we're really going to compete for the Super Bowl in that context. But here's the thing. I see where the NFL is transitioning to. Brady is gone now, so I can rebuild this whole offense to the way I need to build it to. I'm going to put you in a place, Cam, where you're going to ball out, and you're going to be able to piggyback this into, you know, another big contract to, to get you set, right? You can go to the team that you want because you'll be a free agent, so you can go wherever you want. All you got to do is give me one good year, right? So he's got Cam now, and he knows that even though he's got Stidham, I don't think he's sold on Stidham. And he doesn't have the offense even to go around Sidham's skill set because they've been doing offenses more aligned for Tom Brady. And Tom Brady's biggest gift and skill isn't athletic at all. It's mental because he does not make mistakes. He plays the game of football correctly. He's up. He's mental. That's just what it is. He already reads the situation like, all right, I'm not going to go crazy on this play because if, if we don't get it, we could just punt. Let's play the field position game until we get the ball next possession. That's more or less how he plays. Yeah. Here's a theory for you guys. And tell me if it sounds crazy. You're building your offense around a big, able-bodied, mobile quarterback with a cannon arm. Right? The most athletic quarterback that you've had collectively. When I say collectively, I'm talking about McDaniels and uh, Belichick. Right? Let's build this offense through Cam with Cam, with the right weapons, see what we can do with this, you know, fix the kinks a little bit, so next year, we can go after a quarterback with a similar skill set, who's going to be a free agent, or maybe even a quarterback that's coming from the draft with a similar skill set. So, here's the thing, there is actually one quarterback who's been coached up by a pupil of Belichick's, and is ready to go right now and has tweeted that he respects the organization, was coached by Belichick in the Pro Bowl, and has said that he would love to go to New New England when given the opportunity. Do you guys know who that is? No. Mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson. (laughs) So you have Cam. Build your offense around Cam. Oh, boy. Do what you got to do with Cam. And then next year, Deshaun Watson becomes a free agent. You already have your offense set and ready to go. My guy, when I tell you that would make me sick to my stomach. (laughs) (laughs) 
my guy. <laughs> yeah, bro. That would make me sick. But I could see it. I don't think that theory's crazy. That is crazy bro. At all. Especially, especially since Houston got rid of D-Hop. If, if they still right. had D-Hop, I'd be like, I'd be like, he's vibing. Anymore. Huh? There's nothing there for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Like, there's nothing there for that man anymore. There's D-Hop leaving that team nailed, set, like, with the nail in the coffin. Like, it's time to go. There's no way he stays. If, especially if he's about to be a free agent next year, there's no way he stays. And if he and if he if Cam has a good year and he watches that, knowing that Cam's not staying and that he can go and do, get the same thing, Whew. yeah, no way. Todd. <laughs> yes, oh, I'd be, I'd be let so it happen. God, I'd be so <laughs> sick. I'm not even gonna lie. I'd be a hater. Oh, I would be oh, on the haters club. Is the most genius man alive. If Bill Belichick would have pulled some crazy shit like that off, what? 100%, which is why as long as he's still coaching, nobody's going to stand a chance. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Try to tell you. Like, because it's not only, like, his ability to strategize mid-game and completely change up everything in the second half of a game, I don't think anybody in the NFL can do that today. Right. Like... He 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 would you see him taking notes during the game. I don't even see other coaches doing that. He's got his little notepad. He's writing notes for his second half adjustments, and then it's a completely <laughs> different game when they come back after halftime. Right. Right. State, case in point, the Super Bowl. And niggas will not play when it comes to that. And I heard, I mean, and I'm I'm hearing that, you know, potentially the Texans could pick up because I think they have the fifth year option on Deshaun. But, I mean, at the end of the day, the one thing that I've learned is, especially with quarterbacks, you having them under contract doesn't really mean much because when they want to get traded, they're They're gone. They're going to throw that fit, boy. They're gone. There's nothing you can really do when they ask for a trade. And, honestly, I mean, you got to respect where they want to be traded to. So, even then, still, let's just say they pick up the fifth-year option because they said since the beginning of June that Watson was supposed to be getting this substantial... Extension. Now, here's a couple of things that happened that hurt Houston in that regard. Number one, there was the situation where he was supposed to be in line to get this massive extension to kind of set the market again. They waited too long. Mahomes got the large contract. So now, Watson isn't too far behind Mahomes. So I need you to show me the money, number one. Number two, right after that, Hopkins is out of there. That yeah. was the number one target. That was the best receiver in football. He gone now. Yeah. No. I don't know, man. That, that was out of nowhere. Yeah, man. That I don't know, bro. The team looks like it's imploding. I don't know if the quarterback's going to want to stick with it. And honestly, you know, like, Belichick always thinks forward. And I think at the end of the day, having Newton as a backup plan isn't such a bad thing. Because yeah. at the end of the day, if Watson isn't there to be picked up, you can still take Newton back because although he's a free agent, you know, if you did good in New England and they want you back, I mean, I would go back. Yeah, right. and and now, I don't know if you mentioned this, but you also got to think of the fact, look at this summer. After Patrick Mahomes got his contract, Watson was supposed to get his extension as well this offseason. Yeah, and right. That's what, yeah, that's not what, a, I, that's not what, a word that's what was I was said. alluding to. Like, nothing has been said since. It's like he's got nothing. Like, all the quarterbacks that were, that were lined up to get an extension after the Mahomes deal, we, Mahomes we've heard no more me. talks. <laughs> we've heard no more talk. Real talk. Because yeah. think about it. We were talking about Prescott. We were talking about Watson. Mahomes gets his deal. Hey, hey, cuz. Hey. You can't, and, you can't, and you can't tell me that Watson's not a top five quarterback in the NFL. Easily. Easily. But at the same Easy. time, too, with him, it's like, I ain't about to get, I ain't trying to get no 10 years with y'all boys. Oh, draw. facts. That's don't 100%. Draw. Don't That's draw no 100%. goofy shit like that up for y'all. <laughs> I ain't, I ain't, I ain't Honestly, trying to stay here that long. I don't know if I, if I as a player would ever sign a 10-year contract. I feel like I would try to keep it to like three years max. 
I'd sign a three. I'd sign a ten year contract if that ten year contract was in like Miami with a great team, or like freaking somewhere in L.A. with a great team. I gotta have. I gotta be. It have to be somewhere where you're comfortable with the possibility of retiring. I would sign a ten year contract after I won a Super Bowl in my second year. Because I got nothing okay, to prove. I, I, now I, I, got, I can see. But now, now I just got to put up stats. Okay, but let me ask you I got this. my ring. I'm good. Something hey, happened. Kansas City, though. Ew. True. Hey, but here's, here's what you got to understand. Like, we're looking at right now, and who knows what this team could look like in, in five you know, years, three or, three or four ten. or five years. You know, like... Are they going to be able to give big it, money to Kelsey? Are they going to be able to give big money to Tyreek Hill? Oh, no, the team's definitely not going to be the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, team, the team's so not going to be the same, for sure. Kids are going for sure. to clear it, boy. Yeah, they're Facts. As, as, much as, as much of a team-friendly contract as Mahomes did, there's still not enough money for everybody on that team. You know, Wat, uh, Watkins is going to want a bigger role somewhere else. We gonna we gonna see we gonna see. So it's all inevitable. right. Speaking of inevitable, one of the things that's inevitable is the NBA playoffs that's gonna happen after the NBA restart. Hey, can we um, can we just give the NBA a round of applause to start like that? This restart has yeah, been they've incredible. They've they embodied this. So check me out. There is a very interesting situation forming, and I don't think anybody's noticed yet. So you know that eight versus nine in the West. They have to play in a play-in, like, game, tournament, whatever, to get into the playoffs, right? Because the Eastern Conference is set. The The gap between number eight and number nine in the East was so big, they were like, oh, the Wizards the Wizards might not even... They, they won't make it, but we'll invite them anyway. So the Magic are pretty much in at this point. The Wizards lost the last four, four out of the eight-seeding game, so it doesn't even look like they're going to be able to make it and sneak in. So it's between the Nets and the Magic to see who's going to face either the Milwaukee Bucks or the Toronto Raptors. Have fun with that. But here's the interesting thing in the West. So Memphis came in, and I believe Memphis was number... They were number eight. But they were number eight by a few games. Um, since this restart has has um, commenced, the Memphis Grizzlies are now 0-4. Yikes. 0-4, oh, and, and now they're a game away from the Portland Trailblazers, who have been 2-1 and one and are approaching the number 8 spot. They're Wait, literally a game the, out. The Grizzlies are 0-4? Oh, 0-4. And oh, and damn, yeah, Ja. Damn, it's only Ja and, uh, and Jackson in that bed. Nobody else helping them boys. Right. So, with that being said, there's an <sighs> interesting situation that's arising because from the Spurs... To the Sun, not even from the from the Spurs to the Kings, they are two games within getting to competing for spots eight and nine. Now, interestingly enough, the Suns didn't have a chance. They were the last team because they were behind the Kings. As of right now, Devin Booker is balling, and the Phoenix Suns are three and zero in the restart so far. Three and zero, and now their record is twenty nine and thirty nine. And they are literally On within a game and a half of competing for the 89 spot. So mm. it's looking like it's going to be a five-man race or a five-horse race between the Grizzlies, Trailblazers, Spurs, Pelicans, and Suns. Now, if it just so happens, because the Kings are 0-3, but all the Kings have to do is win out. If the Kings win out, they're, they're competing right for it too. So with those teams that I just told y'all, Grizzlies, Trailblazers, Spurs, Pelicans, Suns, and Kings. If they have a game on during this restart, I watch would that and I would advise you strongly to watch that game because every game from here on in is a playoff game for them. That's why they've been playing so intensely. That's why when Devin Booker hit the game-winning shot over Paul George, which I think is still the best oh, so defense I've ever seen, are the eight and nine game-winning shot ever? Are the eight and yeah. nine ever? They're not doing a. It's just by the time the eight games are done, they're just doing the eight teams, right? Or the eight. No, if the, no, 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 no. If if eight and nine are within a game of each other. 
Oh, they're gonna have a player. They're playing in it. Yes, correct. Okay, bet. and the oh, thing yeah, so is, basically, the, it's gonna the happen. East is set. The East is basically yeah. The set, East, okay. East is pretty much set. But at this point, there's gonna be an eight versus nine West matchup. Oh, so for it'll sure. be like a baby. It'll be like a baby finals before the playoffs even start. Pull up. Oh, I'm so just listen, to get into the I playoffs. Hope, I hope you can hear the hype in my voice. Just right to get now. into the playoffs. That's crazy. Bro, we need that. It's like it's like NBA wild card. I need all of that. I need all of it. I need this every season. It's going to be tough for them because then they're going to have to go CLA. I need this energy every season. They're going to have to go CLA. They're playing to play out. Hey, bet money. Bet money in their playing game. You're going to have LA there in the stands. They're going to have to watch it. LeBron. Just watch it. Sitting in the stands watching this shit. Just watch. It's gonna oh. be. It's gonna be good. Speaking of, I did. Let's take this opportunity. Shout out to NBA for how the whole setup uh, for TV purposes. It's amazing. Um, the Black Lives the Matter on the cam. court. You got the rail cam. You got you know all the 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 fans that are watching via some kind of yeah, video see. call. The you know, the in the in the, the makeshift jerseys. stands, pumping in the 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 crowd noise. And it's not even pumping in the crowd noise to where it looks bad with an empty arena. They angle the cameras down more so you can't really see any of the outside areas. Right. And, so you know, it gives it that this? illusion. Oh, it's awesome, man. It's, how about the attention to detail? How about every time when they play, they change the graphics on the court yes. for the home team? Yes, Pull I up. love that. Pull up. I NBA, love that. NBA, you're doing the damn thing, NBA. Yeah, they're snapping. Shit. They really do got Come a on, man. on the floor that looks for Listen, games. I'm telling you, the NBA is the most forward-thinking league in the United States, and it's not even close. Honestly, I'll say that the NBA and the Premier League, which for soccer, the English Premier League, they're the tops. Because English Premier League is snapping too now. They actually yeah. finished the whole season um, because France, they still haven't... They, they're saying that they might not even finish the season, so that's done. They shortened the Spanish season and the Italian season. So, like, you know, honestly, bro, NFL got some shit to do now. I'm bro. telling you, dog. The NBA and then um, what else did I want <clears throat> to make a mention to? So, I wanted to talk about, we talked about the Clippers and the Lakers. There was something that I wanted to bring up that I forgot. I just wanted to do some extra research before I got back to you guys. Remember, um, I don't know if I told you guys this offline or if I said it in the middle of the show, but I was like, you know, although people are saying like, oh, this loss for the Clippers was like a moral loss because they didn't have um, Trezzle and they didn't have Lou, I want to put this out there just just to kind of even out the argument between Lakers and Clippers. First and foremost... Um, Trezel and Lou are not defensive Star Wars by any means. There's a reason why they don't start. They don't play defense. I just want to put that out there. That's number one. Number two, did you know that in every game that the Clippers have played the Lakers, Anthony Davis, who, if you ask me, arguably is the best basketball player in the world for this season. He's been unstoppable. Unstoppable. Did you know that Anthony Davis is averaging about 30, 32 points against the Clippers, but has been nowhere to be seen in the fourth? The fourth quarter has been all LeBron. The last four games that they played the Clippers, Anthony Davis' fourth quarter points. I'm going to let y'all take a guess. Give me four totals for for four games. What do you think Anthony Davis' numbers have been? Before I even said anything, yeah, no, not for the game, for the fourth quarter. How much would you think he would have scored? Give me an average. Let's not even go per game. What do you think the average would be for a quarter for Anthony Davis? So I'm telling you that he's averaging 30 points versus a team. How many points do you think he's scoring in the fourth? In the fourth? Well, in the like fourth 14. quarter, just the fourth. Probably like 14 in the days. Okay, 14 points in the fourth because it's crunch time, right? I like that. Okay. What oh, about how, you? So we're saying how many we think he should. If I told you, yeah, if I told you he's scoring 30 points per game. That's his average against the Clippers. Yeah. How many do you think he's getting in the fourth quarter? Okay. Before you told me that he was nowhere to be seen in the fourth quarter, I would yeah, say. Yeah, before. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would say probably like 10 to 12. Yeah. Okay. Bet that up. Four games versus the Clippers. Game one, zero points in the fourth. Game two, four points in the fourth. Game three, four points in the fourth. Last game, two points in the fourth. Now, I'm putting that out there. 
because Anthony Davis is your leading scorer. And he's averaging 30-plus points against the Clippers with no fourth quarter. No fourth. So if the Lakers figure it out and can keep Anthony Davis at his first three-quarter clip in the fourth quarter with LeBron playing how he plays in the fourth, I think this game is still going to be a little closer than people are saying. Because a lot of people right now are saying, oh, the Clippers got this if it's a seven-game series. Clippers are going to hold it down. I don't know. I, think I don't so. know about that. And here's, here's another thing I noticed, too. Everybody's saying it's a LeBron thing. I think Frank Vogel, who's the coach, super underrated. I think he's done something really smart. He's pulled a Belichickian move in basketball. So I noticed in the fourth, what happens is Anthony Davis does get double teamed. But in the fourth, he specifically gets double teamed by Kawhi. So... In the last game that they were playing, the reason why the Lakers were able to be successful the way they were successful is because they literally play the game away from Kawhi. They run Kawhi ineffective. (laughs) So they make it a four-on-four game. And Paul George will be neutralized because Kawhi's either guarding off-ball, but he's still paying attention to Davis, or he's paying attention to James which means that George is guarding one of those guys. So that means Caruso or Dwight Howard or uh, uh, J.R. Smith or Deion Waiters. Those guys hey, have free listen, range to I, go and score. Don't say, don't thought, say J.R. Smith no more, though. I thought Caruso, no I thought Caruso was like 45 years old, not going to lie to you. you Caruso balling, though. J.R. Smith has done really good in the restart. He's been playing well. What? He's, he's get, You think he's been playing bad? We're talking about the Clippers. I'm talking about against the Clippers. You don't think Jared Smith's gonna get buckets against the Clippers? No. Why not? I don't believe he will, bro. I think I think Jared for Jared Smith, because I feel like even though like what you're saying about the Lakers and uh, is, is true, I feel like the Clippers are still a very great defensive team, and I feel like though like yes, the the, the game that the Lakers won was a very close game, which is what I expected. You feel me? I had the Lakers Clippers winning that game, but it, based on the score, you see it could have went either or. And okay. though both teams, you know, were missing people, I feel like the Clippers were missing a bigger X, two bigger X factors than anybody on the Lakers that could, could have possibly been missing on that team in Lou Williams and okay. Pat Beverly. So I feel like okay. if you add those two forces to that court on top of a Kawhi and on top of a Paul George, I don't see anywhere where J.R. Smith is just catching you slipping. And he hasn't caught them slipping in the restart. And there's been games where he scored zero points. And played like 17, 18 minutes. So it's like I could see him doing that JR ass type of shit again. Like, I feel like every he's played with LeBron enough to where people we've been able to give him that. You know, hey, if JR just did that, he'll be able to, but he doesn't. And especially with a team, especially if we're talking about the Lakers versus Clippers, that is a team that I feel is definitely like you're not getting nothing. You definitely okay. are not getting nothing. They're going to force you, they're going to force the two stars to win that game. The Clippers played that game with the Lakers and won it barely, and, and Anthony Davis took off, like you said, but they held LeBron to 16 freaking points. You barely hear about LeBron not dropping 20 right. in games. They held LeBron to 16 points, and they had JR, what, I think zero points, maybe three? Right. Like, I feel like the Clippers are that team to where it's like, it's, it's a different, like, with Doc Riz over there, like, they're, they're gonna, they're, they're too smart to let JR Smith drop 15 on them and fuck a game up. Now, if he does, okay. If, if he does, the Clippers are in trouble. But I feel okay. like they, I feel like the, if they were able to keep him under zero with without Pat Bev, without Lou, even though Lou is not a super defensive dude, but I feel like they'll be able to do that and then some with Pat Bev and Lou Williams, especially on the offensive no, you, end. No, you make it a great point. I mean, that's that's a solid point. I mean, I, I have nothing to say to that. I don't know, Booty, if you have anything else to add. Nope. Yeah, we we ended right there. That was fucking phenomenal, Dylan. I, I appreciate that that perspective, man. That was you're right. Yes, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, that's that's, you're still, that's you're still I'm looking legit. I'm looking forward to that game. Though. I ain't gonna. T- I want to see. Yeah, that. that's so. That's why. That's why we play the playoffs because we, we got to find out who right, who not right. So transitioning to bet that up. It is. It'll be a good matchup. So transitioning to underrated bars of fame. I have a really interesting song for you guys. I've always listened to this song 
Um, and I love the melody of it, but I was like, yo, like, I've, I've heard the lyrics, I've sung along with the lyrics, and I was like, yo, let me actually read these lyrics and didn't realize how wild this song was. You know, every once in a while, I gotta hit you with an old throwback, I gotta hit you with an oldie but goodie. And today, we're gonna be doing a Stevie Wonder song. And this song was released in 1985, and it was called Part-Time Lover. It was called Part-Time Lover, and I, I gotta do this with you guys. I gotta do this with you guys. Alright, so <laughs> Parts I Love It by Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Woo! Alright. Call up ring once, hang up the phone to let me know you made it home. Don't want nothing to be wrong with part-time lover. If she's with me, I'll blink the lights to let you know tonight's the night for me and you, my part-time lover. We are undercover passion on the run, chasing love up against the sun. We are strangers by day, lovers by night, knowing it's, knowing it's so wrong, but feeling so right. If I'm with friends and we should meet, just pass me by, don't even speak. Know the words discreet with part-time lovers. But if there's some emergency, have a male friend to ask for me, so then she won't peek, it's really you, my part-time lover. We are undercover, passion on the run, chasing love up against the sun, we are strangers by the day, lovers by the night, knowing it's so wrong, but feeling so right. And here's what makes this song even more of a vibe. When they're doing the bridge, the da 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 bet you guys didn't know that it was Luther Vandross who's scatting. I can, so, I can see it. It's a vibe. I can see, I can see Luther. It's a vibe. I can see Luther. It's a vibe. We are undercover passion on the run. Yeah. Chasing love up against the sun. We are strangers by day, lovers by night, knowing it's so wrong but feeling so right. I've got something that I must tell. Last night someone rang our doorbell, and it was not you, my part-time lover. And then a man called our exchange, but didn't want to leave his name. I guess that two can play the game of part-time lovers. You and me, part-time lovers, but she and he, part-time lovers. And then to end out the song, Luther Vandross scats and says part-time lovers in between the scats. Wait, what year was the song? 1985. Pull up. So is that that was Skinny Luther? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, Luther going here. Part-time lover. Hey, underrated. Listen, that is underrated. That is underrated. Bars of fame. Stevie was out here giving you bars. Listen, he snaps in the beginning of the second verse when he says, "If I'm with friends and we should meet, just pass me by. Don't even speak. Know the words discreet with part-time lovers." I was like, "Bitch, Stevie got that." (laughs) Stevie got. You can't tell me. You can't convince me that Stevie blind for real. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Speaking of people who are blind, if they ever want to reach us on eBay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What kind of transition was that? Hey, listen, I'm sliding, baby. All hey, right, so go ahead. Go ahead. Get your shit off. <laughs> hey, so we're going to reach us on email, bro. Ballsportspodcast at gmail.com. What about on Twitter? Balls underscore podcast. What about Instagram? Balls underscore sports underscore podcast. Or Facebook? Ball Sports Podcast. There it is. With that being said, we are done. For the 151st time. Facts. Hey, listen, we appreciate y'all for listening to us. Y'all can be listening to any other sports podcast in the world, but y'all listening to us, and we appreciate that. Just keep giving us these clicks and these listens and we'll keep giving you some bomb ass material to ride to and vibe to. With that being said, we out of here. Yeah, bye, hoes. Silly. Little scallywags.